Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in your businesses. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode 249. This episode is the second one in a series called From Many Mistakes to Big Wins, where I will talk through specific mistakes I have made in my own blogging journey and how you, lucky you, can learn from my struggles. Before we dive into that, I'd love to take some time to share about some of the resources available here at eBlog Talk that could give you a chance to connect, gain confidence, dig into food blogging in a new way, and just level up in your business growth and with your networking. Obviously, we have the free podcast episodes, now over 250 for you to browse through on all different topics that will be helpful for your business. There's the free discussion forum at forum.eatblogtalk.com where you can get off Facebook and go chat with some food bloggers there about any topic under the sun, including, by the way, promoting yourself and helping us to share your wins with you. The Mastermind Program, new and improved version 2.0 is up and running and going very, very well. We have a solid group of people in right now and already, I mean, it's been less than two weeks and I cannot even tell you the value and amazingness that's come from our group. So if you want to join the waitlist, please go to eblogtalk.com to do that. You really don't want to miss this opportunity to hang around with like-minded people and just honestly like upgrade your peer group so that you are around big thinkers, big dreamers, people who believe you can actually do the things that are on your mind, the things that maybe you don't share with most people because you feel like they're going to tell you you can't do it. This is a group that will tell you you can do it. Anything you dream, anything you believe you can do, and we will back you and support you until you get there. One last quick thing before we dig in, I am going to ask you to open up your favorite podcast player. So if you listen to this podcast through um, the Apple podcast player, open that up, go to eBlog Talk, and then scroll down a little bit. There's a section that says rate and review. If you just leave me an awesome rating and a review, I would be so grateful. I love it when people do this. It makes me happy. And it also tells me the things that you're really loving about the podcast because people get really detailed in describing what they like. And so that helps me know what to do more of and kind of what to lean into. So if you did that, I would be so, so grateful. All right. My children, I can hear are like yelling at each other. So I really hope this episode (laughs) gets recorded in a timely fashion. Let's dig into this topic. So we're talking about my mistakes. If you listen to the previous episode in this series, you'll know that my biggest mistake has been thinking I could do everything on my own. I talked through that in episode 244. So give that a listen if you haven't yet. As I mentioned last time, I have quite a lot of mistakes to share with you. So this series could potentially go on for a while. I honestly don't know how long it's going to go on. I don't have like episode one of eight because I feel like I could just keep coming up with things that I did wrong that you can learn from. So to be continued on how long this will actually go. Today, I'm going to talk about another biggie which is how I managed to overcomplicate absolutely everything 
in my business for so long, which resulted in never getting anywhere with many different projects and topics. Before we dig in, I will reiterate that I am not going to refer to my mistakes as failures because I don't believe in failure. I embrace mistakes as part of my business and a part of my journey because they are exactly what has helped me to learn and to grow. But I refuse to say that I failed because I've learned from them and I keep moving forward just like you should. So like I said, mistake number two is overcomplicating everything. Oh my gosh, it's kind of comical how far I took this (laughs) at times. In episode one, I confessed that for the longest time, I thought I could do everything on my own, that no learning or people were needed to create a successful business. One of the byproducts of that thinking was a breathtaking ability to overcomplicate absolutely everything I worked on. Looking back at some of the projects I did, I'm in awe of the laboriousness of all of it. I think talking through a few examples would be good here so I can better frame some of the things that I'm talking about. Number one, I will just title this Squarespace. (laughs) This is by far my biggest overcomplication. I started blogging on Squarespace because a friend of my husband's recommended it. So remember from my last episode in the series, I didn't need anyone's advice or help. So I never asked around about whether or not this was actually a good idea. This came from someone who was not even a food blogger or a blogger, but I just took it and ran with it. And I trudged along for nine and a half years operating on Squarespace. And for most of that time, I knew there had to be a better way. Your jaw would drop to the ground if I told you how many hours, weeks, months, and oh my gosh, like, could I even say this? Possibly years. I wasted writing my own HTML code for recipe cards because P.S. Squarespace does not have recipe cards. As far as I know, they still don't. Okay, first of all, I am not an HTML writer, a coder, like anything along those lines is not at my alley. So if it were, yeah, I can see where I would have been okay writing my own HTML code. But I had to uh, basically research, Google search and figure it out on my own. Then I would realize after a while that I needed to tweak the code because I'm again, I'm not a coder. So I'd go back through my hundreds of recipes and change them all again. Repeat, repeat, repeat. I did this for years. I spent so much time standing up for the reasons why I should and could stick with Squarespace. My main reason for that was because it can work. I said that so many times. And I really had no reason to be doing that. In hindsight, now it was short-sighted. And it cost me a lot of time and energy. If you're listening and you are on Squarespace and you love it and it's working for you, I don't mean any disrespect at all. I know there are quite a few Squarespace food bloggers, so I am not meaning to um, offend anyone. If it works for you and you're not bending over backwards like I was to justify and or just get things done then keep at it. But I will also say, at least consider the reasons you're choosing to stay. I try to do this with everything that I think through in my life and business now. 
always be willing to see things another way. If you explore it and you're like, nope, I love being on Squarespace, then so be it. Number two is blog content. Again, until recently, I went about creating blog content all wrong by creating a massive collection of unrelated and very complicated blog posts that aligned with actually nothing, like no actual niche. A couple years ago, I started tuning into what SEO experts were saying. And one of the first things I heard an expert say was that having a giant pool of garbage content, I'm adding words there, was like having a weight chained to my ankle and being thrown into the ocean. And I'm fairly sure they didn't actually say those words, but that was the analogy that popped into my head when I heard them talk. I was initially shocked and remember thinking, well, that can be true. The more content, the better, right? Because when I started blogging, that's kind of how we operated. So after digging in and connecting with people, I learned that I'd been way overcomplicating my content creation strategy. And actually, it doesn't make any sense to say the word strategy because there was no strategy, just my content creation, period. I did not research anything before making it and posting about it, and I gave no thought to a niche, which resulted in a giant pool of garbage content, over a thousand blog posts at my peak of having the most, that was the most content I ever had. So all of that, I then had to sort through, and I'm still sorting through. It has been years since I've been sorting through my content. The lesson I've learned from this is simpler is better. Fewer recipe posts are actually better if they're serving specific people who want your content. Number three, I allowed in all the people and all the projects. This relates so closely to boundaries, which I'm going to dedicate an entirely different episode to. It is the next one in this series. So I will not get too deep on this one. In a nutshell, though, I didn't discern well which people and which projects to give my time and attention to, which led to a very complicated calendar with no clear path, a lot of chaos and drama, too. Number four is course creation. This one is a little bit embarrassing for me to admit, and I haven't admitted this to many people. So this is kind of my like public admission of this. Uh, So a few years ago, it kind of dawned on me that I know quite a bit about productivity and time management. Um, This has always been a passion of mine, but it was like something I didn't actually know I was passionate about. Uh, Right around the time I started eBlog Talk, this started coming up. Everything started coming to the surface about that. These topics have been a slight obsession of mine ever since I've been in the working world, so a lot of years now. And I was always tweaking my habits and systems in order to be as productive as I possibly could be. I had heard people talk about massively successful courses they had created right around this time too. So I decided without researching a single bit about course creation, I mean, I did, I guess, listen to a few podcasts, but I didn't really dig deep on this. I decided that I would create a course on the topic of time management and productivity. I spent four months of my life writing and creating content for this course. It is done. 
It's a super awesome course, in my opinion. And if somebody were to actually get through the entire thing, they would crush it with their productivity and their time management. The problem is, I don't think anyone has ever gotten through the first, I don't know, two modules because it is too thorough. It's too much. It's far too overwhelming and complicated to dive into. I didn't even realize this until recently when I um, simplified my life. The summer I've talked about, my husband went through some medical stuff and I was just to the point where I knew I needed to simplify. So I did that and then I simplified stuff in my business as well. It was only after then that I looked at my course and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. And then I understood why so few people had purchased the course and of the few people who did purchase it, why they only watched the first couple videos before just bailing and giving up. That is my list of examples about ways that I've overcomplicated things in my business. I was the queen of overcomplicating, which only led to strife and anxiety and little to no forward momentum for so many years. And a lot of this I didn't realize until after the fact. I will never be in a perfect place where I'm making stellar decisions all the time. I don't think any of us will be. But now that I've stared down these overcomplications and made corrections, I'm in a much better spot and my business is doing better than ever with a lot less time and energy invested which feels good. I'm getting more rest. I'm getting all of the good things and I'm not working as hard. I don't need to work as hard because I'm actually putting thought into things. Strife, anxiety, and spinning wheels have transformed into true productivity, efficient work, minimal stress, and a lot more traction and money. What are the actions that you can take from my lessons, from my mistakes? Number one, get on WordPress. Again, I don't want to offend anyone here, but in my personal experience, life got so much less complicated once I moved from Squarespace to WordPress. Literally, months of my time were given back to me the moment I decided to make the switch. It was like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. Creating your blog on an efficient platform while using plugins that are tried and tested will make your overall business more efficient and streamlined. Two, always have a plan for every area of your business and on every scope, so long-term and short-term and everything in between. You should have a plan. This doesn't mean what you plan will always happen, of course, but it will give you a North Star, which will help you make better discernments. You will know which people and which projects to say yes and no to, and you will know which content you should be creating. Having a plan simplifies everything. Number three, know your niche. You cannot serve everyone like I believed I could do for a long time. So figure out who you can serve and who you should serve and serve those people with intention. If you want help creating an avatar for your business, if you don't know your niche or maybe you want to dig into what your niche is a little bit more, you can grab my free avatar creation guide at eatblogtalk.com forward slash avatar. Number four, keyword research. Navigating content creation without doing keyword research is like blindly choosing a topic out of a hat that has a million random topics inside 
and then spending hours creating and posting about whatever that random thing is that you pulled out. This is a very complicated approach. Find the tools that work for you, those keyword research tools, and let them help you create your content. Just a few from the top of my head, keywords everywhere, key search, rank IQ, and probably the best research tool of all, Google, um, just to name a few. Number five, keep it simple. Before digging into anything, start with one simple element that you know works and build from there. With the course I created that I talked about a little bit ago, I knew the information inside was quality because I've lived that information and it's worked so well for me. And I also tested it on food bloggers inside of a private Facebook group. They loved it. It worked for them. But my mistake was providing too much information in one place. I should have packaged a very simple and easy to digest version of it before investing four months of my life into a massively complicated course. That wraps up mistake number two. Simple is always best. Just keep in mind as you move through your planning and your projects that simple is better than complicated. And you're going to save yourself some time if you remember that. If your mind begins to conjure up elaborate schemes of grandeur like mine does uh, like every day, rein it in and go back to those one or two simple things that you know actually work and build from there. This will save you time and energy. Your future self will thank you. The next episode in this series will be number 254, published on November 15th, 2021. So stay tuned to hear more of my epic mistakes. Specifically, I will talk about mistake number three, which is the fact that I didn't have boundaries and how this affected my business. Thanks for listening, food bloggers. You guys are amazing. I will see you in the next episode. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.